Welcome back to another episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sergio. Uh, with me is your host, Jeff. We are your hostess, hostess, hosts, hostesses, host, hosti, hosti, hosti. Uh, we're here to talk about Ninja Turtles. At least that's what my notes here say. Is that what you have on your end? Uh, yes. Okay. 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 Cool. 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 Um, but but before we do that, what 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 you been up to? It's it's been two weeks, right? Uh, yeah. It feels like it's been longer. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason. Uh, uh, I, I like guess it do, like it do. Uh, well, my mom had a birthday recently, and so I've got family in town, and so we've been uh, celebrating, and uh, it was a fantastic birthday. Uh, good food, good cake, good company. I mean, what what else can you ask for? That's a good point. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. there's that presents. Funny. There's presents, but yeah. Uh, well, good. Happy, happy birthday to Jeff's mom. Yay. That, that sounded bad. Oh yeah. Well, happy birthday to your mom. Yeah. That sounds more like a Sergio thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I haven't been up to much of anything the past two weeks. Um, just trying not to spend money unsuccessfully. I, I literally just bought the dumbest thing I have ever purchased in my life. Is it turtles related? Not directly, no. But I guarantee you, we will talk about it on this show. Okay, don't say what it is. Save it for I'm not. another cast. Oh, I'm not. But just, just know, I'm a moron. Well, you know, I mean, you bought that Cobra Kai set. It's this is far, far dumber than that. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't think anything would be dumber than that. Yeah, yeah. Like the Cobra Kai set was that was just foolish. This is straight up dumb. Like why you would purchase this? Well, you know what? I'll just save it for that cast when it when it gets here. It's going to be a while. I think it's going to take like eighty days to come in. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Uh. So so yeah. Let's just jump into the, the first segment. And now, it's time to see what's in Sergio's bikes! Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I've got two things in my box this 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 week. Um, so, I, I guess that's an improvement over one of the, the weeks when I have, like, seven. Uh, the first one is my NECA Renette came in. Oh, hey. And it is, it's red. It's, she is, she is wearing a red costume. I thought it was brown. It's like a, it's like a maroon. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I like, I really just want to sit someone down from NECA and be like, explain yourselves. Yeah. Cause for it to make it all the way into my house inside of a box and no one at NECA was like, she should probably be blue. Like, how does that happen? I honestly do not understand the reasoning behind this miscolored outfit because literally in every form of media her outfit is blue except for in the if I'm correct me if I'm wrong the IDW recoloring of the Mirage comics that is correct Aha. The, the IDW recoloring of specifically book eight I should, I should probably go back and look at the recoloring of the, the tales story that she's in yeah. but but yeah yeah I, I, I don't get it I, I don't get it like, does Dave Sim have some sort of copyright on the color blue? I, I really don't think so. 
but it is driving me crazy. I still got to get it because love Renette. Yeah, yeah, like the the fact that there's a, a like a really nice Renette figure, and it like and it exists is impressive nonetheless. The minute I buy it, they're gonna be like, "Oh, coming soon, the blue variant." I'm like, "Oh, you." Ugh. <laughs> they're gonna make it a loot crate exclusive. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I got is a is the third of five um, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mighty Morphin Power Rangers pop figures. Ah. Uh, the, is it Michael? Yeah, Michelangelo and Raphael have not gone on sale yet, uh, but I did get Shredder as the Green Ranger. Oh, wow. I didn't know, I didn't know that one was coming. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah, that I one. haven't seen uh, images of him. Yeah, he he looks good. He they kind of snuck him out. Like I, I I did not see the announcement, so I had to get him on the had to get him on the black market. You mean all ninja like? Yeah, yeah. No, I I still didn't pay that much for him. Like it's he he's not a huge hugely coveted figure. Um, but from what I understand, he is. You can find him in retail stores if you are really really searching. But I, I don't have the time to do that. So I had it delivered like a pizza. There you go. Uh, let's see that. Actually, that's it. That's all that's in Sergio's box, Jeff. That's a light, uh, light deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's fine. Like, you know, I, I definitely don't need it to spend the money. I'm too busy buying other dumb stuff, apparently. Right. Uh, let's see what, what, I, I just opened the comic book with the other Renette issue in it. Let me, let me see what color she is in the other one. She, <laughs> she's blue and purple. Yeah. She's, she's blue and purple. So it's literally issue eight of the reprints. That's where it comes from. Crazy. Uh, and is there anything in Jeff's box? Not yet. There is something on the way that has been uh, shipped. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out in two weeks, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I, then I guess that, that that launches us directly into segment number two. Now, it's time for that news. Ah. When we sat down to collect all the news that this this episode was going to have, Jeff was like, well, I don't know, man. There's like no news. That, I guess that was Michelangelo doing an impression of Jeff. But when we started sifting through all the messages we sent to each other the past two weeks, there's a, like eight different news topics. Yeah, I, I totally did forget about that. So uh, do you want to start with the like with the controversial news or do you want to start with some smaller things and build up to it? I'm going to start with the, uh, well, I guess let's build up to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's this, uh, what, what's going on uh, at New York comic con, New York, New York comic con, Jeff, New York comic con. Um, IDW will be revealing, um, their 2022 lineup. Uh, we've got Secrets of the Last Ronin and Armageddon game. And that's a panel? 
yes. Cool. And there will also be a... Uh, this is like the first New York Comic Con that IDW has been, been at since COVID. So this is kind of a big deal for them. Yeah, there's probably going to be a ton more news at this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd imagine there's going to be a bunch of, of comic news. Um, yeah, yeah the, the one thing that I saw on that, in, in that list of panels on that, that article that we're going to link in the show notes, is that they're, they're doing a, a panel called The History of IDW. And, and it looks like a TMNT artist is going to be on it. Uh, I don't know much about IDW. All I know is that they stumbled into the Turtles license <laughs> after the, the, the Peter Laird sale. And they've been chugging along ever since. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess it'd be interesting to watch that. Definitely. I mean, Ben Bishop's going to be. Is Oh, that's the one. Yeah, that, that's who it is. Ben Bishop's a writer? A co-artist. Co-artist. A yeah. cardist. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, there's also a bunch of new figure toys things that we need to talk about. Let's talk about the what, what's up with these clear turtles that you sent me. Oh, man. Uh, these things look absolutely fantastic. Um, they're basically like art toy uh, type figures um, from a studio. Yeah, it's a Pop Sunday it's a art studio, and they're like these like very artistic looking see-through X-ray Ninja Turtles figures, and they're like the they're the '80s turtles. And they have this like funky, you know, neon esque coloring to them, and you can see straight through them and see their bones. Yeah, it's are these figures or are these like statues? Like it? I think they're like mini art pieces. The um, they don't look op- like opposable, opposable, articulate. Yeah, they're not. Um, well, considering that the uh, the sites in Japanese or Chinese? I can't really tell, but if, if I'm going by the translation, it says Ninja God X-Ray Series. I'm like, that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> Ninja God X-Ray Series. I, I love the Japanese naming. If it is Japanese uh, naming of stuff, it's just so crazy. Uh, th- these are cool. Um, it There's not much info in this this tweet that we have here. Uh, that we're going to link, but I feel like if these things hit stateside, they're going to be just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Typically art toys are, it's cool. I wonder if the bones glow in the dark. I think they do. There's a video. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I haven't seen them pre-order anyway, anywhere. So they may not even be available stateside. Who knows? Uh, what is next, Jeff? Speaking of obscure, weird figures. Yeah, we've got um, if some of you remember, uh, we reported a while back about these like weird looking mecha like Ninja Turtles uh, figures or uh, super robot Gundam, mobile suit Gundam type stuff. Um, the uh, company Heat Boys is. <laughs> <laughs> just ruined my lead in. Sorry. Uh, it's like, why can't toy companies just have regular names? I don't know. I guess everything else is taken. 
Heat Boys. Heat Boys. Um, <laughs> their first pre-order uh, is for uh, Leonardo, and this thing looks incredible. It looks cool. I don't get it, though. I mean, I know you don't. I don't get it. It reminds me of Transformers. I mean, if he tr- actually transformed, but he doesn't. Right. So, so Mobile Suit Gundam is basically what it sounds like. You pilot a giant robot or a mech suit. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. And so, like, you lift up. It looks like it, you lift up the shell in the back, and, like, there's, like, a little hatch for the turtle to hide. Does it come with a little turtle for it? It comes with, like, a little neon... Green, like ooze green. Uh, Are you kidding? Are that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you, you have this giant ornate Gundam-looking turtle, and you can't fork out the cash to make a two-toned Ninja Turtle to put in it. I think it's kind of cool. Why is he clear? I don't know. Why not? Why is he monochrome? <laughs> Ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, take a couple of these armor plates off, like, paint them, or melt them down, paint them, and make a proper Ninja Turtle to put in that thing. I mean, you could paint him. I, that's not, it shouldn't be my job, though. Not you. I know I, you won't do that. Model, <laughs> you know, model kit people. Yeah, right, but... This thing is probably going to be very expensive. I'm thinking like 150, 200. And okay, I just spent 150, 150, 200 dollars for this big robot Ninja Turtle, and inside of it is the cheapest monochrome thing that they could put. Basically, a gummy bear version of a Ninja Turtle. Eh, it's about 112 USD uh, if you go by exchange rates. Okay. Not bad. It's just, whatever. It's. I will not be buying. I, this is not what I. This is not the dumb thing I spent my money on. <laughs> no, it will have LED uh, light up eyes. Okay, all right. Does it come with batteries? I'm kidding. It, I that doesn't matter. I won't be getting all of them. I might get Michelangelo. We'll see. And then back to back to my whole why thing. Why? 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 Why not? But I. That, this is what we're getting instead of like 2K3 turtles. <laughs> I'm not in a bad mood, I promise, Jeff. Uh, it's really hard to tell. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let's. So, Turtle Beach. Have you heard of Turtle Beach? Yes. So, Turtle Beach, a uh, a headphone manufacturer has partnered with Nickelodeon to release, uh, I'm assuming, a limited edition Ninja Turtles head- headphones. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of a, a, co- a cross-promotion with uh, the Cowabunga collection. Mm-hmm. They have little turtle shells over the ear, like the, 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 the ear parts, uh, and then the color of the, the, the masks over the, you know, the, the head, the band across the head. They're wireless. Uh, they work with with uh, modern game consoles, and they're doing a giveaway. Is that giveaway still happening? 
Okay, this is. I'm gonna re- just read the read the tweet from the gamesman. Thanks to Turtle Beach and Konami to celebrate the release of the Kalwanka Collection and upcoming Turtle Beach Stealth 600 Gen 2 Max wireless gaming headsets, we have four TMNT themes themed headsets to give away and a copy of the game on Switch. So does that mean that they're not going to be available at retail? That would really suck. Oh, no, wait. Here we go. This is not even available in America. This is from Australia. This is wild. Like, why would you design these cool-looking headphones and then not sell them? That's very disappointing. And on top of that, the the, uh, (laughs) the the, the contest ended yesterday. Yeah. So, like... Man, sorry, listeners. Yeah, going to find them. If only four of them exist on the entire planet, you probably weren't going to get one anyway. That's wild. Well, maybe they'll be released at some point. Who knows? Who knows? But I'll again, I'll link it in the in the show notes. Um, What's next? Oh, NECA bobbleheads. Okay, I. Okay. <laughs> well, you threw me for a loop. We didn't talk about that. Wait, you sent me the link. <laughs> so NECA has uh, released new or they've released what they're releasing new turtles bobbleheads. And they are not the same as the bobbleheads they released several years ago. And if I'm being honest, these look dumb. Their necks are really long, and and like Raphael, he was, might as well just be in the the the, the equivalent of a T pose. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like I, I have the original, uh, the, like the bobblehead from. I, at this point, it's probably ten years ago. Uh, of Mikey, and I really love that thing. I hate that I didn't get all of them when they were when they released them, but all of these look worse than that. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but if you're into bobbleheads and you like these guys, like I'm not telling you not to like them. Uh, they apparently they should be available soon. Um, estimated shipping date on those is 2023. They'll be six and a half inches tall. Um, what's next? So, do you want to talk about this this Northampton thing? I really do. Okay. All right. Tell. So, what happened? What's up with this Northampton Bank, Jeff? So apparently, uh, in 1876, there was a bank robbery, and someone attempted uh, to steal 1.6 million in cash, bonds, and other securities. And this is in the 1800s. Yeah. What? Okay. All right. We're we're gonna break out a uh, inflation calculator. That comes to more than $26 million. <laughs> Imagine walking into a bank and walking out with $26 million. I mean, back then, that kind of stuff was easy. Now you can't, you know, even take a pen from a bank without them knowing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying we should rob a bank. I'm just saying, wow. Yeah. That is a lot of cash. Um. So so now the now the bank is on sale or they sold it? Uh, the, the, it's for sale for two point two five million dollars. OK, so so it's 
Money okay, it's 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 a building is what. Okay, the building is being sold for two point. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, cool. And like, there's there's like art on the side of the building explaining stuff, and uh-huh. then there's like turtles. Okay. Northampton has a has has adopted the turtles as their you know as as like the turtles' second home. Cool. Yeah, and uh, even cooler news at one point uh kevin eastman owned the building that that that, that sounds like something he would buy yeah <laughs> why would why would kevin eastman buy that i don't know but i'd live in it maybe i i don't know i don't know cool. it's old buildings are cool oh yes yeah, so it looks like there's like of course, include the the link in the show notes. But looks like somebody was living there. Yeah, three story building. You have a you could rent out the bottom floor to someone who wants to have a store and then live in the top two floors. Yeah, absolutely. That that this looks like the future home of Bob's Burgers. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. Do you have two point whatever money? Two 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 six million dollars. I wish. We'd be recording uh, shellheads on a yacht. <laughs> Let's see what's next. Um. Oh, so so Jeff, did you get any important emails this week? I actually did, Sergio. I was like l- very shocked. I was too. So you know, we we have thoroughly documented the the kerfuffle that is the Loot Crate Series 2 Ninja Turtles boxes, right? And to date, only two of the four have shipped. Well, uh, two days ago, yesterday, in the past 48 hours, uh, Loot Crate sent out a bunch of emails to a bunch of people saying, hey, you've got a shipment on the way. And through process of elimination... Uh, we have figured out that it is the Donatello box that is shipping. It's got to be because that's the only one I pre-ordered. Right, right. Uh, so if Donatello is shipping, which Donatello is the uh, – that's the, from the, the, the Dark Turtle, the, the Toon line, theoretically, they're going to include the Scrag. Scrag, is that his name? Yeah, the Scrag figure – with him as well. If you ordered all five of them right. or all four of them, because, because that basically that's how, that's how it went the first time around. Like if you ordered all four of the boxes, you got the bebop, uh, bunny figure and they shipped it with the Rocksteady bunny figure. Yeah. That whole box was, uh, the, you know, animated TV show theme themed. So everything in this loot crate should be themed to the animated show. Should be. And they're on their way. So we'll, we'll know in a week or so, two weeks, something like that. I'm Depending excited. on how long it takes them to actually give it to the shipper. Yep, yeah, mine is in transit from California. Oh. Oh, yours is moving. Yeah. I have not. Tracker with yours. Well, I, I did. I didn't actually check the tracking. I trust UPS. Oh. Uh, I know sometimes when Loot Crate or or um, NECA actually gives me a tracking number, it takes them like a week to actually give it to the, the carrier. Yeah, or it just like shows stuck in location for like a week. And I'm like, OK, what's going on? You know, shake it loose. 
Yeah, see, yeah, like the label was created on 926. They didn't give it to the shipper until 928. Yeah. So, but it'll be here by next week. Yeah. And that'll be 75% of the boxes in homes. Right. Never thought I'd see the day. (laughs) I will believe it when it is in my house. That's yeah, that's fair. Okay, Jeff, we've 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 delayed long enough. Tell tell me about this DVD set. So this year marks the 10th anniversary uh, this month of the 2K12 uh, CGI animated series, the first series after the uh, Viacom buyout of Turtles from uh, Peter Laird. And we're getting a box set on DVD. <laughs> 124 episodes, and I'm going to go ahead and call it now, and probably all repacked discs from all the other releases. Uh, probably. Pro- and the thing, it's fine. It's fine. It, it, here's the secret, Jeff. Everything about this is fine. To you, maybe. Now, the price point's not bad. Right now, it's going, it's showing up for 33 bucks, uh, which is not bad for, you know, 50 discs in a box. Um, so they could fit all of that on about roughly 9 to 10 Blu-rays instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also going to call that, that there are no extras, more than likely, just the episodes. That's, your, that's probably the bigger crime here. Yeah, because uh, the showrunner has been going crazy posting like literally, I think almost every day, if not every week, uh, anniversary stuff leading up to this week. And it's been a treasure trove of stuff. I'm not saying the show doesn't deserve it. OK, that, that like that's that's not the argument I'm trying to make here. However, this is a numbers game. That's all this is. To this day, DVD still outsells Blu-ray. Looking at the numbers, it outsells Blu-ray because more people own DVD players. Okay, most people did not even buy a Blu-ray player because they didn't see the point and just went directly to streaming and directly to digital sales. So Blu-ray is kind of this weird island that only caters to people who want the highest fidelity bit rate and uh, like picture quality and the or the people who who uh, romanticize physical media Blu-rays do not move enough units to justify the money that it takes to put these things on Blu-ray. Blu-rays are more expensive to manufacture than DVDs, and the market for it is smaller than DVDs. So your return on investment is not as guaranteed as if you is, is if you just put the the series out on DVD. Sure, is it inconvenient and is it, you know, 19 discs and it's just gaudy and terrible? 30. It's, it's, it's not 30 discs. 30 discs. <laughs> like, yes. Does it suck? Yes, it sucks. However, all of these uh, episodes are purchasable on digital platforms. They can all be watched today simply by giving Amazon or iTunes or Vudu the money for the seasons. If you really want to watch them in high definition. 
if you if you're okay with watching them in standard def, here's the first ever full series set of the 2K12 Ninja Turtles. Enough people buy it, and they say, "Oh, this show is actually really popular." Then they might, you know, might fork out the money to actually make a proper Blu-ray release. That would be great. But right now, the, the, right, have been on the rise in the last three years. That's just because of COVID. Yeah, that that's the only reason. Um, but right now, there's the spreadsheets and the graphs and everything that they have are pointing or are telling them. There's no reason to put this on Blu-ray. That's why it has nothing to do with with quality. It has nothing to do with what the fans want. It has everything to do with what they can make money doing. So this is actually a good thing. I'm glad this is finally happening. Yeah, but it's like, okay, runner up prize. (laughs) You get fourth place champ instead of first place. Look, if they can just do this. This exact thing next year with 2K3, I will be pleased. Like, just yeah, just just do it with 2K3. Like, remind people that 2K3 exists and it's good and they should watch it. <laughs> it literally fit on maybe six discs. They they uh four. They released a couple of uh, Rise DVDs, but one. No, it was two. It was two. I have them both. But they they wouldn't even they couldn't even justify the release of DVDs for that show. Now they could because the popularity is growing. Well, no, it's growing amongst a group of people that don't watch DVDs. Yeah. Children, Te- teens and children, like, hu- human beings from the age of 15 to 30 do not watch discs. Period. Mm, and if they do, they're the weirdos. I don't know, weird. Uh, nothing wrong with wanting to own what you told. I didn't. I didn't say weird is bad. They're, but like they're they are the exception. <laughs> this is a good news story, Jeff. This is a good news story. Good news but story. It's a runner-up prize. You know, thirty bucks. I'll take it. Yeah, thirty bucks is not bad for the whole series, and I'm sure that's just the introductory price. It'll go down. Uh, soon, and I'm sure Walmart will have it for cheaper when it eventually hits Walmart. So, twenty bucks for the whole thing. Uh, the the bigger crime here is the box art. It's so generic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they had an intern put it together. That's the way it is. It, the box art stuff used to be really good. Yeah, we got two more pieces of of news, Jeff, that, that came in at the last second. The last second. Uh, let's talk about the loyal subjects. Okay. Uh, you know, we talked about the BTS, or I'm sorry, the best action figures. Uh, the the and they're the the street gang turtles. Yeah. Or the street style, I guess, is what the the official actually, name is. Actually, break dancing turtles because it just it's, seems like it's you know, it's called breaking, Jeff. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's not I break know. dancing. It's breaking. Yes, I know the movie. Sorry, it's it's a weird pet peeve of mine. There's always time for accuracy. Uh, so, uh, the street style best action figures are currently up for pre-order, or they're on. I'm sorry, they're they're not in stock yet, but they are, they have listings on Target.com. Yes, that is correct. Uh, so 
soon you'll be able to order them. Uh, and now remember, there's going to be different variants, so who knows which one you're going to get, especially right. if you order it off the website. Yeah. Um, like, I remember seeing just the Michelangelo, like it was like a mini figure, like a like a Lego or something, or like a <laughs> knockoff Lego. And I was like, oh, I'll come back and get this. And then like the next day I'd come back, it was gone. And I was like, no, because it's like one of my favorite, you know, the I love these styles. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of weird to see these not coming out from NECA first. But um, I'll at least be getting Michelangelo. I might get all four of them eventually. But um, yeah. I think these are really cool. They are cool. They are cool. Um, okay. So I, I guess buy those figures if you want them. Uh, they're kind of cool. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be getting them. As, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of trying to scale back the, the best action stuff that I get just because it's not – it's not NECA. It's good, but it's not It's not what I want to be spending my money on. I mean, you could at least get Raphael. Maybe. May, uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. That's just that's your dude. He is my dude. Yeah. I'm sure it'll it, it'll depend on if I see him in store. If I see him in store, it's almost a guarantee I'll grab him. Yeah. Um. Okay. The next piece of news is kind of weird. Um. So Shredder. Everybody's favorite bad guy. Um, NECA has announced yet another Shredder. Mm-hmm. That's what they should just call it on the box. Yet another Shredder. Yeah. This time he's black and white, just like in the original comics. And this would seem like a cash grab up front. But if you remember in the original run of the Turtles um, figures that NECA did, they did a black and white variant of the four Turtles. So having a black and white variant of the Shredder only makes sense. Now, that's not really the weird part of this. The weird part is that it's exclusively going to be sold at Walmart. And there's going to be all kinds of weird, like, promotion stuff to go with it. Like, you'll be able to pre-order it on Walmart.com, or not necessarily Walmart.com. They're, they're launching a new website to order stuff from it's going to be called auto t that's mm. weird yeah they're launching the platform uh october 3rd you'll be able the pre-orders for the shredder figure will go live on october 6th 6th uh and apparently they're going to quote unquote install auto t kiosks in walmart stores mm-hmm. now those will begin showing up in select stores on october 15th I don't believe any of this. It's odd. Uh, I'm sure select means, you know, New York and L.A. and, you know, the the Atlanta, like the top five markets in the country. But I don't want to miss out on this figure because Walmart hasn't done this kind of stuff before. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure one of our amazing listeners would be more than happy to procure one for you if it is in their location and it's not available in ours or at least you can't find it true i, I don't know i don't know we, we got a good we got a good squad we we do have a good squad i it's just i don't want to i i am going to try my best to, to to just get this from autot.com or whatever it's going to end up being called i just don't trust that process <laughs> yeah um the the even 
cool. I guess the cooler news here is one in every ten figures will be randomly autographed by Kevin Eastman. Nice. Uh, much like the Fugitoid Signature Edition. However, I don't think it's going to cost $100 like the Fugitoid did. Right. Because if it's just random, then it, it'll just be, you know, regular price. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> looking at the figure itself, it it looks like a Shredder figure that someone drew on with a, a Sharpie. Over whiteout? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just someone whited out the entire figure and then just drew on it with a sharpie. Oh wow! I guess I guess that's underselling it. It makes me. It sounds like I, I'm I'm dogging it, but it, it looks fine. Oh. But it, it's not a new sculpt. It's the same one that was in the the, the old uh, the old Shredder pack, and it's also the same sculpt from the uh, the Shredder they did in the first Loot Crate set. Okay, for what it's worth. Okay. Okay. That does it for news. Yeah. Right. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we have a main topic that we're going to get after the break. Okay. We're back. Uh, Jeff, what is our main topic this week? We are diving back into the Archie adventure series of, uh, turtles, uh, comics and mutanimals. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Mutanimals books kind of weaved in and out of the Turtle stories uh, when they were released. Um, for about nine months, the, the Turtles had a straight up companion book that, uh, and that book was the Mighty Mutanimals, and it ended after nine issues. So, I, I guess it wasn't doing as well as they wanted to. I know at one point that there were they were in talks uh, to to actually have a Mighty Mutanimals TV show, uh, but. Today, we're going to finish out the, 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 the last three issues of Mighty Mutanimals and also work our way through the, uh, a, a, a chunk of, like, what, six Turtles books? Is it six? Yeah, it's six. Which include the Future Shark Trilogy, or uh, as the name of the story is called, Future Tense. You know, I'm sure I've said this on, on mic before. I, I really enjoyed the, you know, the television series as a kid, but what... Like the constant in my life as a child for a very long time was the monthly release of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adventures books. You know, like I had a subscription from Archie. They would mail them directly to my house. And, you know, I I couldn't just turn on the TV and watch Turtles whenever I wanted, but I could open the book and, you know, read about the you know future shark trilogy whenever I wanted. Or at the very least, I could flip through my, you know, long box and be like, ah, I'm a collector. Look at me, you know. So these th- this this whole run does hold a special place in my heart. Um, I don't know if all of it has aged very well. This this run of books has aged way better than the ones we've read before it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, I say this literally every time we we talk about this series, but I feel like it's just getting better. I will agree. Uh, it's it's hitting its stride. I'm pretty sure I said it's hitting its stride two episodes ago. Uh, but uh, th- this this run of books has is is when the art really starts to stand out. I, I would say. Oh, most definitely. Uh, because it, it's kind of tag teamed by uh, Kevin. What's his name? Mitch Rooney. Ken Ken Mitch Rooney and Chris Allen. 
uh, and both of them, both of those artists are way overqualified. And Chris Allen's art is, he was the first turtles artist where I noticed, Hey, this art's awesome. You know, all the other ones, you know, they were fine, whatever they, 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 the other artist drew turtles good, but Chris Allen, that, that was the one I was just like, that, that's the guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. And his art is featured in these books. At least the turtles ones out of all of the artists, like both of them are like two of my top favorites for these runs. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and both of them are still active. So like, Oh yeah, we could, you can, they're, they're both doing commissions if you want them. So it's, it's cool. They're, they're, they seem to be good dudes. Yes. He can do and stuff all the time. Okay. Well, let's go over these books. That way we can, uh, put these behind us. Okay. First up is issue seven of mighty mutanimals. Uh, and it, it kind of picks right up where the last one left off. Uh, we see man Ray or what's his other name? Ray fillet Ray fillet. Yes. He's a swimming with the, the glob lobs, the, the glob glub lobs, yeah, the, the glob lobs. Uh, and he, he's basically escorting them back to their 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 old home uh, that was previously seen in TMNT 16, uh, where Man Ray defeated uh, the guys who were polluting their home. And it, it's very much of a Man Ray story. He gets hit by Armagon, what looks to be a mutant shark with like some some like robotics to him. He, he, they don't really explain exactly what Armagon is at this point. So cut back to the other meat animals who are on the beach saying goodbye to Azrael, the, 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 uh, the Eagle woman. And she explains how she's one of the four winds and she, she gets all mystic and stuff. And then she flies away with her bird wings that she grew out of her arms She's a weird character. It's like they're uh, they grew it's like they grew out of her armpits. Yes, yeah, just just wicked pit hair. Can you imagine having pit hair that long and make you fly? <laughs> or at least get you on the carnival circuit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, this scene is happening earlier in the day because it shows uh, Man Ray talking to Kid Terra, and Kid Terra walked him through how he was captured by. Null uh, and how he was helping remove the the pollution from the bottom of the ocean that was conveni- conveniently labeled with, with with toxic signs. And, you know, Kid Terra, you know, turned his life around and is doing good, uh, then gets captured. Uh, so then we cut back to Man Ray. And after he got hit in the head by a iron girder. Yeah. That uh, that Armagon picked up. Armagon is seen basically scrapping for stuff uh, on the bottom of the ocean, uh, and he clearly is on a time limit. Uh, then he turns around and is hit by a, merma- a merman named Murdude. <laughs> J- Jacques Zemurdude. Oh. Uh-huh. Like, this, this series' ability to 
just invent characters out of nowhere is unmatched. I mean, you know. What? There's a lot to pull from back then. Just like ideas like, hey, let's have a mutant merman fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Murdude is able to, to to beat Armagon pretty pretty quickly and save uh, Man Ray from his 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 iron girder prison. He, he then explains who he is and why he was in the area. He was flirting with an with a mermaid. I mean, nice touch. Yeah, very Pepe Le Pew of him. Yeah. Uh, and then Armagon sticks a bunch of sharks on them and escapes through what looks like a black hole underwater. Uh, he then t- takes Murdude with him. Man Ray is left alone at the bottom of the sea and walks out and gives some some shark teeth to Mondo. And then they pitch it to the next issue. So is this the is this Armagon's first like appearance? I believe so. I th- I think it is. I think this is at least the first time he's gotten a name. Yeah. Unlike a lot of the appearances of Armagon, he looks very much like a cartoon in this book. Yeah. This whole book looks like a Looney Tunes like comic, which is it's not bad. It's uh, yeah. You know, it's very much like, oh, well, that could be Bugs Bunny could show up at any time. Yeah, and this this one's drawn by Mike Kazala Kazale. I can't pronounce that, but but yeah, he's he's done a lot of books, and that's typically how they look. What'd you think? You know, it's it's very hard to take <laughs> sharks with eyebrows seriously. <laughs> uh, this was this was a fun read. Um, I I really in the beginning. I'm going to go ahead and point out some Easter eggs. Okay, love, go for I it. Love, I love how, you know, at the bottom of the ocean, you see them. Um, uh, I got to stop you right there. I got to stop you right there. This is shellheads. They don't have Easter eggs. These are nuggets. Get it right. Oh, nuggets. Okay, sorry. We've got some uh, some interesting nuggets. Um, this isn't a nugget, but just like. I love how in one of the panels where we uh, see Kid Terra uh, transporting um, toxic waste containers for removal, he's wearing his hat over his diving helmet, which (laughs) I'm not sure if many of you have been underwater. Um, Wearing a, you know, any type of hat over something like that, it just defies the laws of everything (laughs) well like how would you know it's kid tara if he wasn't wearing a diving hat this is very true if he wasn't wearing his hat on it like maybe he maybe it's held on with like super magnets i don't know like hot like super glue or maybe there's there's just a un they didn't draw like a like a drawstring that's holding it on i don't know it's it's really funny and it really it lines up with that early 90s turtles humor yeah yeah, just, no, I dig just, it. Like, I, you know, what else could they have put on there? A giant mullet? Yeah, that would have worked. I don't know. Like, don't do a like a full headed diving mask or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. Make it to where you could actually see his face. Or I don't know. I don't know. Or have the or have the panel show him pulling them out of the water and him he's above water. 
I think this just works better. It's, it's it just really fun does. and just goofy, you know. Um, and then we get another shot of a uh, kid Tara after a job well done, just kind of chilling out in the sun on the beach. And here comes Betty and Veronica from Archie. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, it's a fun thing to include, especially since it's being published by Archie. They can completely do that. I wonder, I wonder if the reprint still has Betty and Veronica on it. That'd be interesting because they're just kind of far back enough to where you can't really distinguish. Like if you know about these comics and these characters, you can tell who that is. Yeah. Um. But without it, them saying the names or, you know, having like extreme close ups, I think they could maybe get away with it. So if anybody out there has got the reprints, I, I actually I'm trying to pull them up right now. Oh, well, that works, too. Uh, I don't I know. A if whole, actually, like listener if... interaction thing going on. Like, hey, kids, go to your room and check your comics <laughs> <laughs> and take us with you as you, you know, you ruined the whole interactive experience. <laughs> no, 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 kids. Sit down. I have the comics right here. Let Grandpa Sergio tell you a tale. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this book was reprinted. Oh, yes, it was. Here we go. Here we go. Betty and Veronica are intact. Hey. Yep. One thing that's really wild about the. um, Getting a little off topic, but not fully. The IDW reprints of a lot of these books. Mm -hmm. IDW did not have the originals of the art. Ooh. For any of the. Uh. The, the 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 adventures run uh, and if i remember correctly i read somewhere online that it was just thrown away when that mirage was like hurts. either archie had them and they were giving them to mirage or somebody was just like no we don't need those yeah. and they just chunked the originals so all of the reprints done by idw are just scans of old comics Oh, wow. And is there a paid bleach? A bleach. Ble- ble- Play beach. Yes. Play bleach. Um, <laughs> page bleed. If page bleed is what I think it is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, seeing both sides instead of just one. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So they I mean, couldn't have like put like a piece of backing when they scanned the paper, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that would have helped. Yeah, there, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this. A lot of uh, there, you, you don't realize it in this issue, but they're clearly building up to something. Yeah. And uh, Armagon d- doesn't get doesn't. How do I put this? He, he's not very formidable in this issue. Yeah. He's beaten by one dude with a trident. But that character ends up being real cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially once we learn, like, origins and whatnot. Um, I didn't hate this one. This It's 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 build up, but uh, it, it does introduce some characters, gets the plot moving. The only thing it doesn't have is mutanimals in it. Yeah. Well, they're there, just kind of. <laughs> they're just kind of hanging out in the background. Chilling. 
on the bench. In, in, in a comic series that already has, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven characters, you've got one, two, three humans, and you in, introduce two more characters. Wild. Uh, it became the Ray comic there for a minute. It did. It did. He's arguably, him and Mondo are arguably the most popular Mutanimals. I think I can say that confidently. I think. Oh, yeah. There's another nugget on the uh, there's a a, um, uh, a giant boat that has the uh, the name Dorian Gray on it. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, what does that mean? Because Dorian Gray, of course, is from the picture of Dorian Gray, mm-hmm. which the story is Dorian Gray stays young and he has a picture in his attic that ages for him. Mm-hmm. What is is there there's some sort of metaphor here we're missing? I don't think so. Um, what'd you think of Murdude? Murdude. It's a very just like out of nowhere. Like introduction. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, oh, hey, there's a mutant for the week. Here's a new toy. You know, there, and there was a Murdude toy. Really? If I remember correctly, there was. Let me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There was a Playmates action figure from her dude. Oh, wow. Okay, let's move on. Issue number eight of the Mighty Mutanimals. Uh, so this is yet another Man Ray heavy issue. Uh, it's it starts with again the Mutanimals or specifically Jaguar uh, saying goodbye to a character. Uh, this time it's his mom, Juntara. Uh, she is taking uh, Kid Terra to help him heal. Uh, and I guess it's just a way for them to get back to just the Mutanimals being the protagonist here, which it's probably a good call. Uh, the Mutanimals end up end up hanging out off the coast of Brazil. Uh, they, they're just kind of chilling, like having a good time until man Ray stumbles upon a dead whale, uh, in the ocean and him being a stingray. Uh, he kind of takes that real personal, uh, he gets really angry and vows to avenge the death of the, the, the whale, uh, and also notices that whales are being caught up in nets, uh, all across the coast there because of improper fishing techniques. Uh, what's that? Guidelines, protocols. There you go. Techniques, guidelines, protocols, whatever. Safety precautions uh, basically put in place to keep big, giant whales from being caught in nets. Uh, So they go into investigation mode to find out what's going on, uh, and Man Ray is on a warpath to get this solved. He even convinces the... Uh, other mutanimals that for the greater good, it's okay to steal a boat, <laughs> which I'm not against that. It's right. interesting. It's interesting that the, they did that in a kid's book. Yeah. You know, I don't see Batman stealing a car. I mean, you know, he's only <laughs> already got the greatest car ever. Right, but if he, but if like the Batmobile is totaled, he's not going to sneak into someone's Land Rover and steal it. That's true. He just you know it into a you know motorcycle or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wrong. You know, but, but look, hey, kids, 
you shouldn't steal <laughs> boats unless you really need them. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I don't disagree with it. It's just real interesting to see it here. Um, so basically, they, they get these boats and they, they – Man Ray uses his radar to, to, to figure stuff out. And they come across a the, the boat that it, that you know is guilty of these these nets, and it's Captain Mossback. Uh -oh. Captain Mossback from uh, TMNT Adventures Seventeen. He's almost comically a pirate. You missed a rare opportunity to say Mossback is back. Ugh, uh, nope, nope. I didn't miss that. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So he's he's literally a pirate. He's got a peg leg and a and one eye, and he's wearing a pilgrim hat. Like it, it's 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 hilarious how out of time this guy is. Because none uh, of those things go together. Uh, well, at least the hat. Yeah, that, the hat seems that's an odd choice. That style of hat, I should say. Pirates wore hats, but not like that. Yeah. And then what commences is a giant fight on Mossback's boat. Uh, the bad guys have guns. They're not able, able to shoot the, the, the mutant animals because of, you know, superpowers and flying bat guys and uh, <laughs> flying bat alien mutants, a.k.a. Wingnut. Watch a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the boat crashes into a reef and sinks uh, and Captain Mossback has been defeated. He's no longer going to be, at least for now, uh, killing any whales off the coast of Brazil. It's a pretty straightforward story. It is very much in line with the uh, the conservationist stance that a lot of the mutanimal stories, you know, have. And I, I don't know, like like th this book was drawn by Mitch Rooney, so it's it looks great. It is on point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there, I will give it this praise. There's more mutanimal interaction, and it is. It does seem like a mutanimal story where they are on a quest to complete something, and they complete it. Yeah, they're not just background characters in their own book. Uh, Jeff, what'd you think? I enjoyed this one. You know, like we the previous um, issues that we read, you know, it was the whole thing was about, you know, uh, save the environment, conservation. Did anyone listen? No. Um, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> these books are like 20. <laughs> these books are like 25 years old. <laughs> they predicted the future. <laughs> like, just like the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're, you know, yeah. So it's that like, you know, hey, kids, recycle is it? Like, hey, if you're going to brush your teeth, don't leave the water running. You know, all that great fun, just nostalgic, uh, you know, PSA style, you know, storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess one of the things that I can say about this, this story and a lot of these conservation stories is there a bit too heavy handed. I would say this is yes. And also I think this is the best one so far. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, but moving into like the future shark trilogy, like we'll get there, but that story is at its core, a cautionary tale about treating the planet. Right. Yeah. 
However, that's not what it's about. Right. You know, it's about the characters. It's about the Ninja Turtles. It's about traveling to the future. This set dressing is, hey, we screwed the earth up. And that's way more palatable than a lot of the Mutanimal stories. Yeah. Um, do you have any nuggets? Um, um, I do like how, uh, you know, when when they they need to steal a boat, uh, they have Screwloose pick the lock with his giant honker. Yep. Um, he's finally useful. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because that 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 totally is plausible. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, I just really love Ken's art. Yeah, like it's more detailed than you know. I don't want to say that it should be, but it's just it's just really really nice. He's starting to come into his own. Yeah, yeah. The action <laughs> scenes are great. Well, considering the art, the like the the audience here, like these were being sold to twelve year old or eight year olds. Yeah, you know, like eight year olds don't care how good the book looks. So, yeah, yeah. As I said before, overqualified. Yeah, going that extra mile. Yeah. So, all right. Well, then let's move to issue nine. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite Mutanimals book. Just heads up. All right. So this one opens with Slash, the, you know, the turtle just wreaking havoc through Rio de Janeiro. And it's it's not really explained how he got there. Like, at least not directly. Um, But apparently Slash is way stronger than he's ever been shown to be, uh, seeing as he was able to use his his claws to cut through a tank. Uh, he's also bulletproof uh, and giant missile RPGs that hit him don't kill him at all. They just knock him out. So maybe he was a brute all along and they just didn't draw him like that. I don't know. Uh, he, the Slash has been knocked out and cut to the the Mutanimals arriving in Rio de Janeiro talking about their latest adventure with Captain Mossback. Uh, they stumble upon a newspaper that talks about a turtle being caught, a monster turtle being caught in Rio de Janeiro. So clearly the the uh, mutanimals are like, that's one of our buds. That's one of the turtles. They're captured. Let's go free him. So they head into town, into uh, the, the prison zoo thing that Slash is being held. Uh, they sneak in and they let him out. Again, a crime. Which, again, I'm fine with, uh, <laughs> but Slash should have probably been in jail. Yeah. Like, that. it's not like the authorities in Rio de Janeiro were, like, committing a crime. You know, like, they were they were on the right side of, of the law here. But the Mutanimals break him out and take him back to the to, 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 to the to the beach where he wakes up. And he immediately starts attacking them, not knowing what's going on. And for a character who's supposed to be kind of a, a, a dope, he says, can I never know peace? Must I be hounded wherever I go? He starts talking like a Shakespearean scholar. Uh, and he's just just wasting all the all the mutanals, just one, two at a time. And finally, Leatherhead 
basically uses a, a, a wrestling move with his arm behind his back, holding him to the ground, saying, stop, just stop. We're not your enemy. Stop. And he's like, fine, I'll stop. I love the look on his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slash, he then gets questioned. They're like, look, we're not your enemy. We're the ones who rescued you. Uh, you need to tell us what's going on. And then Slash goes through basically his entire story arc uh, to, all the way back to the the prison planet that he was on that Krang uh, saved him from to his you know fights with the turtles to finally getting his binky uh, or his, uh, you know, his, his palm tree. And then, then he explains why he's so infatuated with palm trees. And then there's a really funny image of airplanes flying away with palm trees in them. Uh, and th- th- basically the end of the story is the mutanimals pointing to the tree saying, dude, there, there's palm trees here. And he then is enamored by the island they're on, and he's all happy and walks off. And that's it. That that's the issue. Like, I I I don't know if any actual story stuff happens here. Like, they do they ever explicitly say how he got to Rio? No, no. Like he doesn't even explain it in his retelling of his own story. So, do what? Just kind of shows up. He just kind of shows up and just starts breaking stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I really liked how comedically powerful he was in this episode. I really like how adorable he is, even though he's basically a a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this issue? You know. I, I was I was going along with it and everything, and I was like, okay, well, you know, this uh, tiny paper thin tank, you know, it's clearly made out of you know <laughs> aluminum uh, <laughs> siding, you know, is not going to stop him. And all of a sudden, like, oh, well, let's just just you know shoot big Edna, big Edna, no big, no wait, what does that say? Big Emma? Yeah, big Emma. Giant bomb at him. Like, sure, that'll kill him. Like. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. The sus- suspension of disbelief, like filling up a building full of water and it explodes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and to think like that that giant missile only knocked him out, and and to think that an alligator could get him, you know, could hold him down. Yeah. Well, it's he, uh, you know, is very proficient in wrestling. So. Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's it's just really funny. Um, and Mutanimals, the gator wrestles you. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I really like that book. Like, I can't, maybe it's just because I like this version of Slash so much. That's just why I, uh, you know, like uh, issue nine. Nothing of consequence actually happens to any of the characters, which I guess is a strike against it, but. You know, it's only a strike if you want it to be a strike. Right. Um, you got any anything else? There's not really any nuggets or anything. Um, just a goofy fun. Yeah, yeah. And it is the last Mighty Mutanimals issue. Um, and I think they even address it in the letters column. 
Yes, yeah. They, they announced it at the end of the in, end of the letters column uh, that this will be the final issue of Mighty Mutanimals. Uh, they also announced that starting in issue 48, the Mutanimals will have their own backup series in every issue of TMNT Adventures. Yeah, well, well the little micro adventure thing. Yeah, yeah. It, well, actually, it's all one story that they tell over the the course of like eight issues. It's it's kind of cool, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, let's get to the main course, though. Well, not quite the main course, but almost the main course. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The first book that we're going to talk about is issue 40. Uh, and it, it is titled 1492. Issue 40. Uh, the, the turtles uh, are saying goodbye to the Mighty Mutanimals from their last big you know, adventure in issue 39 and issue 6 of the Mutanimals book. Uh, and basically leaving the Mutanimals where they, where issue seven picked up. Uh, the turtles are in like a boat that I, I, I guess the boat that Donatello put together. That's what it looks like. It looks like a big turtle shell actually. Uh, but they very quickly run into a storm because of course they do. It's the Gulf of Mexico or, you know, the Atlantic ocean slash Gulf of Mexico, that area. It is a very, it's, it, there, there's a, there's a lot of uh, waves. And they uh, get stranded on an island in the middle of the Caribbean. When they wake up uh, from, you know, being knocked out on the beach, there are a bunch of I'm going to call them natives because they are native to that land um, who welcome them. Uh, They don't speak English, but very shortly after meeting these natives, three ships show up on shore that look like like Spanish Caraval, 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 yeah, three Spanish Caraval uh, ships, and they end up being the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, the ships that Columbus rode, uh, the, or the, the ships that were in you know Columbus's what, what's it called like when there's sailing. yeah, but what's a, a caravan? Is a caravan of ships? I yeah. Mean- Sure, I don't know nautical terms. I don't either. I'm not a boat guy. I don't, I don't do ocean stuff. <laughs> but this, what's really funny, like this book was released in January of '93, so like 500 years and one month after Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So I guess this was supposed to be some sort of it's like celebration book is like, hey, 500 years. Um, but the way the story they tell here is is actually a, a surprisingly modern one, uh, considering the context. So cr- somehow the turtles have gone back in time to when Christopher Columbus landed in, a, you know, in America. And they're seeing it firsthand and they're really confused as they should be uh, very shortly after they, you know, they, they figure out. Kind of what's going on. Donatello gets kidnapped by uh, Chris Columbus's men and taken back to one of the boats. He's put in the basically the brig and just left there. Uh, the turtles, uh, of course, still on the, 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 the land with the natives and the, the Spaniards uh, are trying to figure out what to do next. <laughs> through, through several events, the, the turtles decide, you know what, we, we have to fight back here like Things are not going to go well for the natives here. They're not going to go well for us. Donatello's missing. We got to do something. 
cut to Donatello in the you know the brig of of this ship. He is visited by what can only be described as a snuffleupagus looking worm creature that remarkably looks like a Muppet. Uh, and he refers to himself as the earth spirit known as the other. I am the earth spirit known as the other. It looks like something out of never ending story. It really does. Uh, that are like uh labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it is it's one of the more unique creatures that they've made for this for this series. Uh, and th- this creature explains to Donatello that that this is kind of a nexus point uh, where, you know, something really important happened. And the, because they landed here precisely 500 years later, uh, they're experiencing both their own time and the past at the same time. And he couldn't explain even the other couldn't really explain why it was happening. He just kind of put more context to the entire story that was happening. Uh, he also kind of threw shade at the Spaniards. He was like, yeah, he like Christopher Columbus lands here, but all of the natives are screwed in so many different ways because of it, you know, smallpox, measles, typhus, uh, along with, you know, just all of the other things that, that, that come with, you know, a conquering land or a conquering nation just saying, Hey, this is ours now. Uh, and in 1992, that wasn't like that, that wasn't a big thing. Like in 92, Christopher Columbus was still a hero, you know, by today's standards, half the people are like Christopher Columbus didn't do anything special. Uh, and you know, some people are still treating him as a hero, but that's, that's modern times in 92. He was a hero, right? Uh, the other turtles sneak onto the boat as the other is disappearing. The other, the other turtles pop up on the boat and uh, basically free him and then jump off the the boat back into the storm. They then wake up on the beach again. And what do they see? A cruise ship. They then sneak onto the cruise ship and make their way back to New York. Uh, I don't know any cruise ships that sail from the Caribbean all the way up to New York, but let's just say that's a thing. And that's where the story ends. The turtles are home again. So, this issue is real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see what they were trying to do, and I really do like the other. Like, the, the, I wish that character would come back. Yeah, it's probably at least with Dudley. Yeah, like yes, yes. Like he he's a cool little thing, but I don't. Again, this is another issue. I just don't see the. the what's the point? I guess the point is to to say, hey, Christopher Christopher Columbus was kind of a he's kind of a jerk bag, yeah. So like, I, I guess there's that. What would you think? I mean, the overall message that I got was that slavery was bad. You know, you know that. I think we can all get behind that. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty easy easy flag to to fly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but ultimately, like, like, this is like a history lesson with Ninja Turtles. Right. Right. It's, it's, uh, I guess if you have to write a story where the turtles are traveling from the Caribbean to New York, uh, this is a perfectly fine way to do it. Jazz it up. (laughs) I would have paid more attention in, in, in history class if it was like, oh, oh, snap. (laughs) 
Yeah, Ninja Turtles hanging out with Christopher Columbus is like, you can't get on to me because this is actually an educational comic, teacher. It's, it's, a, it's a real Bill and Ted moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you have any, did you have any nuggets here? Uh, I, didn't I doubt there are many. many. Yeah, I didn't really see any. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, did, I really didn't think there, were, there was going to be any. <laughs> Who knows? There, there might be like four or five historical nuggets that we just aren't aware of because we're not great at history. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you watch a lot of everything. I do. Oh, uh, how I, how I, how I, you know, stay in the know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what beautiful throughout. Oh yeah. This was, this was Chris Allen, I believe. Um, pencils, Chris Allen. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and this one was written by Dean Claren, who is like the chief person in, in charge of, of where the stories go in, in the, the TMNT adventures books. And all of them, all of them end up having some sort of underlying message like we can do better. So uh, even when they weave in this weird 1492 story, the, the we can do better plot is always there. It's still there. Uh, let's move on, though. Issue 41. Uh, this cover was actually done by Laird. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell it looks, it looks just like his, his art. Um, he also did 42. That's true. He did a lot of the covers. Number 40 as well. There we go. Uh, Not number 42. He might do number 42 as well. Who knows? Um, so this, this one's interesting in that it's technically set in the past. Uh, Raph and Ninjara are walking through the sewer and, it it the book starts kind of like a tales of the teenage ninja turtles book by having raf say let me tell you a story and then he goes into the story about mammoths in new york city and i can boil this story down to one sentence someone wanted to write a story where two mammoths fight sure why not that's it because nothing important happens in it. Uh, it's it's set in the past, so it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, the the way they get to the end of the story where the mammoths fight is borderline ridiculous. But here we go. So, D- Jeff, do you remember when we read Turtles Meet Archie? It's been a really long time. It really has. It has. Uh, so I had completely forgotten that it debuted a character named man moth, but it's, it's not a, a moth man. <laughs> I mean, I figured you could just call him man moth. Man moth. Man moth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Irving man moth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's basically just a, he's, he's a caveman who the shredder mutated into a, a man, a, a mammoth. And he returns in this story because he, he basically crawled out of the out of the river in New York and was lured into town by some plastic dinosaurs on the back of a truck. Uh, there's also there's there's also a, a science group in New York who got some some DNA from Manmoth and was trying to clone him. And they successfully did so, and the clone is living in a a test tube, basically a giant giant you know tank. 
<laughs> I don't even want to read over the story. It's so stupid. <laughs> you got to do it's it so, for posterity. Sake. It's so dumb. <laughs> got to do it. The turtles get involved because they recognize the the, 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 the mammoth and they're all like, oh, there he is. Got to go get him. Ultimately, both mammoths fight. And there's there's a whole bunch of destruction and people getting, you know, buildings falling down and things getting thrown across frames. Uh, with Man Moth being uh, victorious over the clone, and he also is able to get the scientists who were illegally making the clone out of the building so they can be arrested by Officer Graham. Uh, the entire time, uh, April is, you know, reporting it as a news story because – they're in New York. That's what happens. Uh, Captain Rogers, which I don't know if we've ever seen this character before, apparently agreed to take the mammoth somewhere that he would be safe. Uh, and the, the, the mammoth is, is waving to the turtles as he is loaded onto a cargo ship in a giant box. Like, the, I've got nothing. I got nothing. The story's dumb. Like, it's kind of lackluster. Like, not only did they find a way to make a a, a mutant mammoth, like, congratulations, you did that. Why are you making two of them? Yeah, it's, I don't don't know. I don't, I, what do you have? What do you have? I got nothing. (laughs) Except this good art. No, the art's great. It's, this is, is this Mitch Rooney? Yeah, this is Mitch Rooney. Mitch Rooney. Mitch Rioni. Mitch, it's not Mitch Rioni. There's no way it's that. But yeah, yeah. Like, I guess if you have to release a book every single month, this eventually is a story that you green light. <laughs> Maybe there was like a crossover with like a museum, op- a huge museum opening somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Prehistoric stuff was really big in the early 90s. So I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh Fun story, Manmoth is actually in the IDW books. Huh. Yeah, yeah, uh, which we'll get to that soon enough when we read them. He's part of the Pantheon, but I don't even know if you know who the Pantheon is yet. So Not yet, no. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Uh, let's move on to a, a palate cleanser. Just get this book out of our out of the way. Moving on to a much better book. Uh, book number 42. The part one of three of the future shark trilogy. Uh, So this cover was also done by Peter Laird. And yet again, it is beautiful. Uh, The turtles are in their lair uh, for like for the first time in how many issues like 20, possibly more. And no, actually, let's see from 28 to 40. They actually have it in the book. Uh, so what, 13 issues? It's like a year. Uh, and they're just, you know, I guess that's handball is what they're playing. And the wall that they're throwing the ball against, a black hole opens up, much like the one that Armagon ex- escaped in in the Mutanimals book. And in or out of it pops two turtles, uh, a turtle wearing a purple trench coat and Raphael wearing a hat and missing an eye. Uh, he also has Leo's swords with him, or I'm sorry, katana, Leo's katana with him. Uh, so things are weird. Uh, that's where we get the 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 um, 
title card, Future Tense. So obviously these turtles are from the future. Uh, they very quickly uh, tell their you know present day counterparts, you need to come with us. Uh, and they also get very excited seeing uh, Master Splinter, because apparently he passed away of old age. Uh, cut to the future where Shredder, Verminator X, and Armagon are discussing uh, their plans with the time slip generators that apparently that's what the black holes are. They're holes created by time slip generators. Uh, Armagon comes through one uh, with all of the parts that he got from the bottom of the ocean uh, in the Mutanimals book uh, that set this up. And with him is Murdude passed out on the pile of uh, scraps. Yeah, so so uh, the Shredder and Verminator X are explaining how they failed their mission, even though Armagon did not fail his. He got all kinds of stuff that they needed, including the toxic waste. Uh, they start. They immediately start an infight, uh, and Verminator X explains that they found the white stone that they needed. They have not explained why they need this white stone. Uh, next page or next uh, scene: the turtles and Splinter and Ajara Ninjara. Uh, have arrived in the future. Now they're they're then attacked by some drones that that Donatello set up to protect the the new turtles lair. Donatello shuts those off. They're called Ornicopters. Not a very good name. Orny Orny Chop Ornicoppers. Mm, whatever. Uh, the next several pages are Raphael and Donatello explaining to the present day turtles what is going on uh, and what comes down to it is splinter's dead uh, they're living in a, a a high rise because the earth is flooded or at the very least new york is flooded from the ice caps melting uh, they were attacked by armagon michelangelo and leonardo were kidnapped uh, and you know put and basically put into tubes uh, alongside Murdude. And that's how Raphael lost his eye. Uh, and yeah, so the turtles came back in time to get their counterparts to uh, basically to have a leg up on the bad guys uh, being Armagon, the Shredder and Verminator X. Even though I don't think any of the, you know, any of the turtles really know the scope of uh, what they have gotten themselves into. Uh, this one was drawn by Chris Allen. Yeah. Another Chris Allen joint. This one was actually co-written or, or at least co-plotted by Chris Allen. So he had a lot to do with this one. Uh, what did you think? This is this is my favorite. Yes. Yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. This this trilogy is some of my favorite work that, that they did in the Adventures Tales. This is a compelling story from the jump. Yeah. You know, it's 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 very back to the future too. very come with me, Marty. You know, so I, I dig it. It, it 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 punches you in the in the gut very quickly, very early, and it hits the ground running there. There there is no boring panel in this in this book. None whatsoever. Yeah, Um uh, and th they leave it not on a cliffhanger, but they leave it in a it, it, like in a spot where you really want to read the next book. Yeah. 
because there is a giant pile of unfinished business. So I I love this book. What what, what else you got? Man, just the art in this is so wonderful. Even even scenes with you know the the little glimpses of the shredder. Yep. Uh, there's one where it looks like he has no neck. Uh, which I thought was, uh, or maybe he's just that squanching down because the you know arm gun's coming. Um, One thing that I appreciate, and we'll get to it, but Ninjara as a character has just been a character fodder for most of her existence. She's just kind of there, you know. Uh, sure, she's technically Raphael's girlfriend, but they've done nothing with her character and fi- finally they justify her existence in this trilogy. Yeah. And we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to what I'm talking about. Yeah. I really like her character. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to move on because I'm ready to talk about these other issues. Issue 43, uh, another beautiful cover by Peter Laird. Uh, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Um, but moving on, the the issue starts with more explanation from Donatello, uh, explaining what has happened and you know what what's the onus of the story they're trying to to tell. And he, he talks about how him and Verminator X used to work together uh, back when he was called Ma- Manx, Manix, Manx. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. But basically. Manx got obsessed with improving himself and trying to be become immortal, and he installed electronics, and uh, he's, he's basically bionic now. Uh, and as he did that, he started losing his mind and becoming uh, evil. Donatello decided, you know what, I'm going to switch my focus to creating time travel uh, after – learning that Cuddly the Cowlick had that power, and that means it's possible. Maybe I can duplicate that. He found that he needed a lot of power, like literal power, like electricity, to do that, and decided that uh, he would use a piece of the Eye of Sarnoth to power his his forthcoming time travel device, which ended up, of course, being the time slip generator. A lot of uh, testing went, went into it, he successfully created a time traveling device. Uh, however, the, the the you know the piece of the Eye of Sarnoth uh, is not an unlimited power source. It is basically dying. And and when he found out that he uh, only had maybe two or three more jumps left in the crystal, uh, he was you know started seeking out other power supplies. When that happened. The time slip generator was stolen uh, by Armagon. So now Armagon has one time slip generator. Donatello builds another one, and he doesn't have a power source, so he ends up just plugging it into the wall, yeah. which is the probably the funniest joke this series has done in a long time. <laughs> he just plugged it in. He's like, I can't wait to see our power bill, but... That's all we had, so that's what I did. Uh, there's also a, lo- a, a long piece of exposition between the Raphaels in the story talking about uh, basically old Raph telling young Raph, you need to calm down. 
like appreciate this time you have with your family, with your father and with your girl, because things will change and it's going to suck and you're going to regret the way you behaved. And basically just just giving him the rundown of why he's a he's a little turd. Right. Yeah. Uh, And again, this is making the Ninjara character matter more. Uh, cut to Armagon, who is trying to if, power his time slip generator, a- and he uses some really curious items to do so. Uh, one, he uses a bucket of toxic waste, which that is not how toxic waste works. Uh, he used well, what else did he use? Uh, oh, he was using the bones of the Roswell alien and Hitler's brain. That Which he me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Hitler's brain is a source of electricity. It's a source of power. I don't know. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, they also uh, dedicate a few panels to explaining how Armagon and the Shredder hooked up. Uh, it's because Armagon was trying to steal his piece of the Eye of Sarnoff because that's how the generator was powered. So let's find another one of those so we can power it. So now you have the the evil trifecta, Verminator X, the Shredder, and Armagon all working together, uh, trying to make this time slip generator work. Uh, that is why they kept looking for the Black Stone and the White Stone, because they know both of them are very powerful and can power the, the device. The Turtles have – or Donatello has built uh, a generator, and they're ready to attack. They all get ready. Donnie changes clothes. They turn on the time slip generator, jump through right as the the bad guys are powering theirs up and Cowabunga, the turtles attack. Uh, There's a bunch of really cool action shots. Armagon apparently fled and jumped into a mech suit, Mm -hmm. Uh, a a pretty, uh, pretty cool looking mech suit. The turtles take care of it within like four, four or five panels. So way to go, turtles. Uh, all of these action shots look amazing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the the issue ends with the turtles, or at least three of them, chasing Armagon through a time slip portal because he had kidnapped Leonardo. So Leonardo is kidnapped. They jump through apparently into a different dimension because it wasn't the regular Earth, or at least it could be the regular Earth way in the future. We they, they don't really explain where they land. It's just kind of a swamp planet that has to be Earth apparently, uh, and the time slip generator is destroyed by Armagon. So both Raphael's Donatello and Leonardo are stranded in this other dimension with Armagon. The issue is done. Cliffhanger. I love these stories so much. I do too. So much, man. Like they look great. They're compelling. They're action packed. There's like, I love exposition. Like explain to me what's going on. And there's so much exposition. It, 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 it's immersive. You want to spend more time with these future turtles. What, what do you have to say? Man, it's like, it's like, the, the previous issue, it just builds on it and gets better and better. The art is more detailed and layered. And it's just, it it feels like it's 
very much a more mature story. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot at stake here, and I, I, I also really like the uh, the callback back to the Eye of Sarnoff. Yes, yeah. The the Eye of Sarnoff does not get used enough, and 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 it's and the thing is, it's a nice mixture of old turtle stuff and new turtle stuff. Like the Shredder is there, the Rat King is there. Is this the first time we see the Rat King? No, he was in he was in early issues. You know, like yeah, really been, early issues. It's been a good while since we've read. Yeah, any but questions, so, but but like they've entered, introduced new characters alongside of old characters, and it works. It's oh, not man. it's not just hey, here's an action figure. Even though a Verminator X action figure would be great. Oh yeah. Oh, just wait. They'll get to it, dude. I want to see the Archie comic version of Armagon as a figure. I mean, we we got Mutanimals. They've got the license. They're 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 you know they're going through whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I'm hoping it happens eventually. But that's he's on my short list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can't I can't praise these books enough. Uh. What else you got before we move on to the next one? That's some pretty deep exposition with Raphael uh, talking to his past self. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, in time travel stories, you're not supposed to, you know, know anything about, you know, your future or your past or whatever. Uh, issue 44. Probably my favorite cover. Of all three of these, again, Peter Laird drawing Armagon. Yeah, menacing. It, this does not look like a comic book that you see at a at, like at a grocery store. <sighs> so the, the the turtles are popping through the uh, the time slip portal. Uh, basically, as a as a quick recap of the previous issue, uh, and then we cut to what's actually happening. This story is called here today, gone tomorrow. How are the rafts and Donatello going to, you know, get back? They find little fairy people in this, this swamp world. Uh, the fairy people kind of guide them to where Armagon is. They, they also follow the stench of fish and, uh, they found Leo's, uh, Katana. So that they, they're, they're on the, they're on a, on the trail to find their brother. Um, back, back with the other turtles and the the villains, the fight is still going on. Young Donatello is trying to figure out how the time slip generator works so he can fix it. Uh, and as he's doing that, rats start pouring into the room. Uh, the rats then start to attack the turtles and their allies, uh, only to find their turtles and their allies. And we'll figure out why here in a few minutes. Uh, the other turtles are still trying to find Armagon. Uh, and as I said, the fairies lead them there. And very quickly, they are greeted by a missile from his arm or from his shoulder ca- cannon. Armagon has attacked and knocked out all three of the turtles. Look at that. He now has four turtles. <laughs> uh he he has now kidnapped four of the turtles. Four of the eight turtles. No, he has successfully kidnapped six of the eight turtles. Mm. 
like dude is is batting a thousand right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, cut back to the other turtles and the villains. Uh, a fourth villain has entered the picture, the Rat King, an old Rat King, uh, gray hair and everything. Uh, he is mad because Donatello uh, had basically declared war on rats uh, in the future timeline. And so he's back to exact his revenge and he uses his rats to corner the the the, the good guys and uh, explain why he's doing it. Michelangelo gets in close and does some sort of sleeper punch to his throat. I don't know sleeper punch. He throat chops him like freaking Liam Neeson taken style. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like a chop to the throat doesn't knock you out unless it's like some sort of secret ninja chop. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sleeper. It's a sleeper chop to the throat. Uh, so that just means the battle rages on, uh, all this time. Donatello is still trying to figure out how time travel works. <laughs> uh, the only, uh, back with Armagon, uh, Donatello is not actually knocked out. He sucker punches Armagon and you know, the, the battle there rages on his other brothers are now awake and they're still fighting. Uh, like, the battle goes back and forth between the past and or no, the future and this other dimension or other future. At one point, Splinter is taken over by the, the Rat King because now he has telekinetic pow- telekinetic powers. Is that the right power? Well, he's always had the power to, like, control rats. So. Yeah, yeah. But this is very explicit. I don't, I don't think he's ever had it in this comic, though. Because they they actually reference it as a new thing in this book. Uh, More fighting, more fighting, more fighting. Uh, Off screen or off panel, we don't see. But Donatello is successfully fixing the the time slip generator. He also frees Merman, or I'm sorry, Merdude. And the future Leo and Michelangelo to assist in the fight. To even the odds, uh, and <laughs> so much happens, man. So much happens in this issue. Uh, Armagon is thrown down a waterfall. Uh, Raphael is concerned that he might have killed him. He didn't, uh, but he is gone, and the time slip portal is now open. All of the turtles that are in the alternate future or the other future uh, can now come through. Happy endings abound. All eight of the turtles are now at the Turtle Co. building, the high rise, uh, basically saying their goodbyes and also kind of getting to know each other. Uh, Raphael, old Raphael, has a has a touching conversation with uh, with Ninjara about mistakes that he made in the past that she has not, you know, has not witnessed yet because they haven't happened in her timeline. Uh, and, and basically he says, just give, give, give give him a second chance. He's basically an idiot. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to lose you. It's, it's, it's really an, an interesting dynamic between those two characters. They, uh, the, the present day turtles get back, go back through the time slip portal. Uh, and the future turtles remain in the future. And, an ominous silhouette of 
what we assume is Verminator X is is basically looking over the Turtle Co. building where the turtles live, and Armagon is stranded in what looks to be revealed as the far future because the corner of the Turtle Co. building can be seen right next to where he's sitting, uh, Planet of the Apes style. Wow. I, I went over more of that story than I thought I intended on doing because it's, it's so fantastic. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Again, it just keeps building and building on the previous issues and just getting better and better. I mean, there's a reason why these are like, these three issues are like fan favorites. Yes, absolutely. I feel, I kind of feel like it threw me off. Like I, I didn't, cause I have, I've not read these until this week and I didn't know rat King was here. And I was like, why does rat King look like a, a cross between race Bandon from the old Johnny quest cartoon? And like, <laughs> you know, wh- why not? And it's, it's a pretty flawless story. Like I have one complaint, the weird fairy characters. No, no, no. Those those are fine. Those are fine. Those those add to the, the majesty of the, the, you know, the land that they were stranded in. I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm not super excited about Donatello being able to fix this time slip generator off panel. OK, I can see that, you know, because it seems like it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, um, I get like I, I guess I get it. You know, you, you want to build the suspense to the last moment when you see, you know, Splinter's hand reaching through the, the portal and tapping the, you know, his son on the shoulder. Yeah. But it, it like, it felt a little hollow at that moment. The, like the rest of the story, I'm 110% on board with. It was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. And, and the, these, this along with a few other issues, I, I believe uh, were collected uh, by Mirage years later in a black and white trade called future tense. And they were collected and, and, you know, sold under the pretense that the forever war, which would be the sequel to this, this series was being developed by the same creative creative team. Yeah. Well, uh, this was all in like the year. Oh, seven, Oh eight, Oh nine, right before Peter later was like, I'm out dudes. And he, you know, sold the the entire thing, and so the Forever War was canceled, and all the work that was done on it is lost. That's just lost to time, kind of. Like uh, the there's a creative team currently working with Chris Allen to put together a a like a fan project that they're calling the Forever War. And it's supposed to be the sequel that never happened. Chris Allen is doing the art and they're pulling as much as they can from the memory of the, the creative team. I'm sure we'll talk about it once it's released, but that is on the horizon. It's kind of from the same team that did uh, Odyssey and Origin, which we both loved. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't wait for that. Do you have anything else before we knock out this last issue? That was basically what I was going to talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. You know, well, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I couldn't remember uh, 
what it was called because again it has been such a long time like i had just kind of forgotten about it but like it was always kind of in the back of my mind i'm like wait a minute they were going to continue this because i remember Mm -hmm. like uh getting super hyped about it let's knock out this last issue so we can call it a night this last one is issue 45 another cover by uh this one's layered at, yeah this one's also layered mm, yeah um and this one it seems kind of like a, a decompression issue uh, after the, the the tense battles and fights and, and action of the previous three issues this one is kind of a come down like a let's 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 settle back into normal life uh as and, and basically what it is, is is splinter retelling his or, you know his origin story adding some more details about his life in japan and his relationship with the shredder uh and it's it's not really how do i put this it's new stuff like the, the the origin here is a little different as you know as it always is uh from from version to version but it's not drastically different like he's still from japan he still is uh is sent to america or has to flee to america because he's kicked out of the foot clan all of that is still the same but what is a bit different is he got really into uh buddhism and he took a, a year trip to, to Tibet and learned from Charlie Lama, which I don't think is an actual religious thing. I think that's a turtle thing that was created uh, to not offend people who are into that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But while he was away, that's when the Shredder uh, you know, did his coup and, and, and got him – Exiled, uh, you know, out of, out of the Foot Clan. That uh, they also go into to, to extra details about the turtle's origin. You know, he specifically says the turtles got their humanity from me, and I got my my uh, my, my rat identity from my pet rat. And they even gave him a name, uh, Ogata. Ogata, yeah. And I I don't know why they felt like they needed to tell an origin story 45 issues into this thing. But the pacing in this one is really good. It really and is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very calm there. And as I said, coming off of the future shark trilogy, this f- feels like a, a very reflective issue. It reminds me of uh, like the first issue where they're in Northampton after they fled New York and and April is writing all the, the those you know diary entries. It reminds me of that, and I, I don't know if this really moves the the story further. It it, it also kind of feels like a, a clip show, you know, in the like in the eighties and nineties when they needed to pad the episode count of a sitcom. They would have a clip show that was just a bunch of old footage that they stitched together with like, oh, man, remember all these birthdays we had? And then they would show all the birthday episodes. Yeah, clip shows suck. But this was cool. You know, it, it but it did have it, it did. It did feel like a walk down memory lane. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, 
they close it out by having a birthday party for Splinter. So it's cute. Uh, what you got for issue 45? I mean, like you said, it's just, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, wait, we're getting an origin story already? <laughs> already? <laughs> like, again? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this late in the game? Basically, you know, so, but it's a little darker because it's like they make it out to, you know, oh, well... <laughs> Yoshi got kicked out of the Foot Clan because, oh, he killed a guy. Like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, but, of course, he didn't kill a guy. Uh, dude's just taking a nap. No, like, he got framed is what it was. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I, that dude's taking a nap. He's <laughs> <laughs> not dead. It, uh, like, it really started off dark because he talks about his great uncle being killed in uh, Hiroshima. Yeah, which is a which is a real Dean Claren, you know, story beat to hit. Yeah, very deep narratives here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say. It's it's worth a read. Uh, I it's not something that I would go back to on purpose. Uh, just just because uh, again, it's it's like a kind of like a clip show, kind of kind of an origin, kind of a let me add some more flavor to this origin that you already know. Did you get to see a nice panel of uh, Leo slicing a foot soldier in half? Yeah, yeah. Which, again, we don't get to see that much of. It's like this was the era of that. That does it for 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 the uh, team and T adventures that we reread this time. Uh, it's a good chunk of books. It absolutely is. Uh, we have about let's see, forty. We're at forty six. There are seventy two issues. In the mainline story, and we're going to cover some of the, the bonus stuff, too, that ran concurrently with it. So it's, we still have a big chunk, and a lot of them are very good. So I, I don't I'm, – I'm, I'm looking forward to diving back in. Uh, do you know what we're talking about next time? Remember, you got all the spreadsheets. <clears throat> I do, but I don't have it open, so I'm, I'm – do you want to guess? It's not a so, spotlight. Yeah, we don't, we don't have any movies left. We – don't ever talk about two. We don't talk about comics in back-to-back episodes. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably more uh, more cartoon episodes. You are correct. Now that I have the spreadsheet open, it is the 87 cartoon. We're finally going to finish season four. Oh wow! I think I've decided what episode 100 is going to be. Ooh, do you want to tell it or do you want to save it? I want to save it. I want to save it. Okay, you can tell me off. I'll tell you off, Mike. But I, I think I've figured it out, and it's I don't know why I didn't I didn't, don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. Okay. Um, but what are you going to be doing in the two weeks between these episodes, bro? Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, just look for. The Circle Controller logo. Uh, we specialize in uh, retro and modern games to play, uh, ranging from Neo Geo, Nintendo, PlayStation, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, I also do uh, retro uh, restoration on your cartridge games and your cartridge-based systems. Make them look like new, play like new. Uh, we're also doing... Um, Super Smash Brothers tournaments every Saturday night. Um, 
uh, with the uh, MS Smash group. Uh, so if you uh, are into Smash Brothers and want to test your skills, come out and uh, and join us. Um, and we do a bunch of other uh, things there as well. Um, we'd love to have you guys come out and game with us. Uh, it'd be great to see you. And where can we find you, Sergio? Um, subscribe to Reality Breached. Uh, it's a, a po- Reality Breached Live. It's a, it's a podcast that we do pretty much every two weeks, and we just talk about nerd stuff. It's real short. Uh, it's 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 uh, very off the cuff, and uh, it's it's fun. I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, otherwise, if you just want to follow me like a weirdo, uh, I'm on all social media platforms as an L-I-U-G-E-A-U-X. Uh, that, that I'm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, it, like at YouTube, like all everything is under that exact same name. So you're gonna get like flooded with so much stuff, but you're also, folks, you're in for a treat of uh, a ton of hot takes. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> They're not all negative. I like I mean, stuff. I mean, how long have you guys all been listening, and how much you know? It's like, oh, it's like, what's what's this about? Uh, Sergio hates desserts. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out why coconut is the worst flavor of anything ever. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, coconut's the worst. I want to thank everyone for listening, uh, and be sure to subscribe to all of the the Shellheads socials, uh, and also tune in next time. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. How can we justify violence in our comics and our cartoons? Oh, they can just fight robots. They they're not real. Yeah. Robots have feelings too. <laughs> no, they don't. Depends on what type you're talking about. Robots? I mean, technically Johnny Five wasn't alive until he was. And then he had feelings. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess. You're there. I all right. So, but that's a magic robot. Like, eh. like if we're be if we're being honest, that's a magic robot. There's nothing magic about getting struck by lightning and all of a sudden being conscious. Gaining sentience from a lightning strike is absolutely magic. It rewires the programming. <laughs> Ain't no magic involved, son. It's magic, bro. Magic. <laughs> Uh, Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.